Welcome to today's edition of Authors Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. This is Roberta Foster. Today, I welcome Hannah Anderson to Authors Corner. She has written the book, The World God Made, which is published by B&H Kids, and she'll tell you more about how to find the book at the end of the program. Let me tell you a little bit about Hannah. She and her husband and family live in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. She's an author and speaker, and Hannah is captivated by the story of creation and hopes to help readers encounter nature with fresh curiosity and wonder. And Hannah, I'm just thrilled to have you with us today. It's so exciting to see a book um, that actually gives God the glory for creation. Well, I'm just really glad to be with you, Roberta. Why don't you tell us what prompted you to write this book, and was it based on any particular scripture? Yes. So I have written books for adults um, over the last eight to ten years, and I um, found that my work was taking kind of a bent toward nature and creation. Like you mentioned, I live in the Blue Ridge Mountains, so I'm surrounded um, by a lot of forests and hills and mountains, and I grew up in the country. Um, My husband also grew up in the country, and so for us, this is just like, um, you know, second nature, no pun intended. But as I kind of leaned into my writing, I found that these themes of creation and nature were coming to the forefront more, and I also saw that readers were hungry for it. That there was something about this moment that we live in, the, the kind of social constructs that were really detached from uh, creation. And so this was just my way of inviting folks back out into the world God made. And I had thought about kind of taking these themes and, and directing them toward children, but I didn't know when or how that would happen. And um, B&H kids actually came to me and they said, would you ever be interested in a children's book? Mm. And I said, yes, but (laughs) I know exactly what I want to do. I know exactly the text of scripture I want to use. And I know exactly the illustrator that I want to do it with. So if you can let me write a book about creation based on Psalm 104 and let my husband illustrate it, then maybe we can uh, partner together on something. And obviously they said yes. And so then, they did. <laughs> um, how does 104 uh, provide a testimony of, of God's creation? Maybe you do you have a portion of that that you can get us started with? Folks may know like Psalm 19 as a nature psalm that kind of calls our attention to creation. Um, that's the famous one that says the heavens declare the glory of God, mm-hmm. or they might know Psalm 148 is also another nature psalm. But 104 is a psalm that's really interesting because it's fairly long and it's really detailed. Um, it goes through different levels of creation, the animals, the hills. Mm. It's very specific. It talks about lions and Works And um, verse 24 really captures the essence of the psalm, and it says, How countless are your works, Lord! In wisdom you have made them all. Mm. The earth is full of your creatures. Mm. And that idea of the fullness and the abundance of the world that God has made really was kind of um, the hope and the energy behind this book was just to call children and families back into a place of wonder and curiosity about all that God has created um, in the world. Mm, Wonderful. Yeah, as you were um, talking about the 
uh, creation of um, or the of the Psalm 104 and the different uh, items that it mentions in in God's creation. In your book, you talk about the contrasting features of the earth, the skies and the ground and the desert and the sea. And tell us more about how you uh, use that for writing your book. Well, as I was kind of sitting with Psalm 104, and I really started there, I wanted the book to be a retelling of Psalm 104. So it wasn't exactly Psalm 104, but it was definitely shaped and influenced by the structure. So I sat for a long time with Psalm 104, just read it over, studied it over. And what I began to realize is that the psalm itself kind of breaks into these um, different stanzas that each focuses on a slightly different aspect of creation, and it almost parallels um, the seven days of creation in Genesis 1. The, the focuses are almost uh, what you see there. And so when I came to structure the book and when I was working with my husband, we wanted to follow that pattern, um, that there would be six or seven different focuses on um, the sky and then on the water, on the land. And another thing that my husband suggested is that as we would focus on a different element of the earth, we would also move through the continent. So he has rendered many different ecosystems that Mm -hmm. are present around the world, whether it's the Great Barrier Reef, um, you know, in the Pacific or um, Mount Fuji in Japan um, to the savannah in Africa. And so what we wanted to do was kind of create this layered experience of both focusing on a different aspect of the world and a different place in the world, just to get that sense of wonder and abundance. And I noticed that as I was looking at the pictures that they are very diverse. And as you just explained, um, the reason why I was able to pick up on that. Um, And so that was really cool just to see that is not just one area of the world, but the entire world that God had created. Right. And and it really is just what we're hoping for is to spark imagination and curiosity, um, especially for young children. Um, in, in this moment in time, it's very different than when I was growing up. Um, there's a lot more digitization, a lot more screens, a lot more mm-hmm. time spent indoors. And so this was just a call to fling the doors wide open and come on out into the world God made. Well, right now we're talking with Hannah Anderson regarding her book, The World God Made, which is published by B&H Kids. And you're listening to Author's Corner. I'm Roberta Foster. So, Hannah, as you were studying 104, uh, which part or did you find a particular part of the psalm that really spoke to you in a special way? It was interesting because I've already mentioned the psalm's really specific, maybe in ways that other psalms aren't. It talks about specific animals. It talks about specific features um, of the earth. It talks about mankind cultivating and growing food. But I think that the verse that kind of really struck me, and, and it wasn't necessarily a comforting verse. It was just a curious verse that I had to wrestle with. Is toward the end of the psalm. You have this beautiful expression of the world God made and all the glories. And then you come on verse 35, and it says, May sinners vanquish from the earth and the wicked be mm. no more. 
it was such a stark contrast that I wasn't entirely sure how to incorporate that into the, the book mm. because I felt like it was really important that we remember that even this creation that's so wonderful and glorious does exist under a curse. And so how could we think about that with children? And one of the ways that began to emerge in the writing was remembering that even though the world is good and beautiful and inviting, it can be scary Mm -hmm. and it can be dangerous and that there are elements to it that are not at peace, that we are waiting for the redemption of the earth. We are waiting for God's fullness uh, to redeem. And so for young children, as you enter back into the world, there are elements that can be disturbing. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I I did with that kind of energy or that birth was to create a challenge within each stanza. So if you're going to come out um, into the world and you're going to look at the sky that is like a big tent stretched out over the mountains, Well, sometimes that sky fills with thunderstorms, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's very dark and there's lightning, and that can feel dangerous and scary. Mm -hmm. And how are you going to survive in that world? Well, you're going to survive because you're going to know the God who created the world Mm -hmm. still is there. He's going to come near. Even when the world feels like it's under that curse, God has not abandoned his creation, and he has not abandoned us in it. He is coming and he is redeeming and he is actively with us, even in these kind of scarier parts of exploring the world he's made. Mm -hmm. So for me, that verse felt in such contrast, but I really wrestled with how to render it within the text. And and I'm grateful for um, kind of the the, the leading of the Holy Spirit to kind of render it as, yes, there are challenges, Mm -hmm. there are difficulties, but God is with us. And that's why we can keep exploring. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to just read this um, little uh, caption, not caption, but the portion of your writing that really brings what you just said um, into reality, because I was going to ask you specifically about this. But it says, sometimes the clouds hang dark and low, then noisy winds begin to blow. But do not worry, do not fear. The one who made them will come near. I, As I read that, I just thought, that is so beautiful how you take the story of, of the creation, of the issues of weather, and yet incorporate the fact that God, when God is with us, we don't need to fear what's going on. I just think you did a beautiful job of uh, bringing the nature of our Heavenly Father into the writing of your book. Well, I'm glad it came through because while I was writing, I was imagining both children and adults who love them reading them mm-hmm. together. And I kind of had this vision of maybe a family gathering to read this book. And I wanted to be able to, to remind adults as well, that this is as true for us as it is for children, mm-hmm. that we may not be, um, we may not need the invitation to venture out into the world, but maybe there are storms in our life. Maybe there are dark things mm-hmm. that kind of cloud um, us in a season. And just as we need to know that the God of creation who physically brings the sun, he's also going to bring the sun spiritually and emotionally, Mm -hmm. that that we're not lost in the storms of our life, whether they're uh, actual literal storms or they're more spiritual storms. Mm. 
So would you recommend the first time reading through this for an adult to be reading it with a child? Or do you think it's so self-explanatory that it's a standalone for uh, an older child to read by themselves? I think an older child could definitely read it. In my uh, kind of vision of as I thought of a family gathering, I thought of maybe parents or aunts or uncles or grandparents reading with younger children but maybe the older siblings standing back, mm-hmm. kind of listening, kind of listening over the shoulder, Doesn't isn't sure he wants to hear a kid's book, but also is somewhat captivated by the story and the message. Mm-hmm. So I, I see it as an intergenerational kind of telling of Psalm yeah. 104. And um, we've heard from readers that their children who can't read love the pictures because mm-hmm. the pictures are trying to tell the same story. And so even if you don't have a reader, um, you know, maybe there is something they can wonder at with all the different images. Um, and then for adults, it's it's a great opportunity um, to maybe lift out some of those spiritual truths yes. and maybe talk about them later after the book is ended. Mm. Well, tell us a little bit about your husband, Nathan, as the illustrator. Right. So my husband, um, he's not an artist by trade. He is an oh. artist by giftedness. Um, he actually has worked in ministry for most of his adult life. Um, he's currently um, a church administrator of a, of a ministry. And I knew, though, that he had this giftedness. And so he has worked with me on a couple other projects, some smaller projects for him. And this was the first opportunity he had to, to really do a full-scale kind of project. Mm. And it was really interesting uh, to work with him because oftentimes when you write a children's book, the the text is finished first and it's sent off to an Mm -hmm. illustrator. Mm -hmm. But we had a very collaborative process where I was writing the text while he was brainstorming the layout and the design. And so we had the flexibility where if I needed a certain animal to be in a scene, he could put it in. Mm -hmm. And if he needed me to adjust a certain line in the poem, I could do that as well. So there was a lot of um, back and forth in terms of how uh, the vision of the book came together. And that was just kind of a gift to be able to do that. Yes, amen. So I've been talking today with Hannah Anderson about the book, The World God Made. And so Hannah, tell us how people can find out more about your book. Well, they can find the book itself uh, from B&H Kids, and it's on almost any uh, retail site. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any place like that. Um, They can find out more about uh, me on my website, which is sometimesalight.com, sometimesalight.com. But if you just Google um, the world God made and Hannah Anderson, it should pop up pretty easily. Great. So one more time, the book today is called The World God Made, and we've been talking with Hannah Anderson. We certainly do thank B&H Kids for giving us a copy of this beautiful book. And Hannah, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a pleasure, Roberta. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. This is Roberta Foster on the Author's Corner. And if you missed any part of today's interview or would just like to hear it again, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to join us again next time on Author's Corner.